I'm Dr. Karen Becker, and I am so thankful that Linda has nominated Jeannie Streck for a Game Changer Award. And Jeannie's joining us today to tell us all about the, the amazing work that she's doing and why she's so passionate about the work that she does. So thank you so much, Jeannie, for joining us and congratulations on your Game Changer Award. This is amazing. And thank you to Linda. I'm so shocked. Mm. This is uh, pretty exciting. It is. It's exciting for us too. We are excited to learn more about how and why you started Puppies Under Protection. Can you back up and let our listeners and readers know a little bit about your history, about how the organization came to be? I can. I started in 1993 down in West Palm Beach, Florida. Um, I realized that the pregnant moms and nursing moms were not getting out of the shelters. And I was able to work with a wonderful director and the shelter vet, and they helped me start Puppies Under Protection. And we took all the pregnant nursing moms and orphan puppies and did about 700 a year between five of us foster moms. So it was back then there, we weren't full of foster moms. That's come since then. So that's pretty exciting. We're over 12,000 right now. That's a lot of puppies, girl. Yes, it is a lot of puppies and it sounds like a lot of fun, but it's a lot of work. I can't imagine, but just the sheer volume of lives that you have saved. How amazing. Jeannie, do you, do you have a growing network of foster families? Cause that's a lot of mouths to feed. <laughs> we actually, uh, tried to retire to Western North Carolina. My husband and I bought an 11 acre farm and I guess that's not really how you retire. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, uh, I now do senior dogs. We built a second house on our property and it houses mostly small seniors, a lot of hospice, uh, most unadoptable that have come to us through shelters or through people who have gone into nursing homes or families of people who have passed. And we try and take in as many as we can. We have about 46 dogs as of today. I'm actually picking up 47 this afternoon. Um, we do a lot of special needs. Kai is one of our special needs, even though he looks perfect. Well, tell, um, tell us about Kai or what was his background? Kai came from Windsor, Virginia. He got lucky and, and was brought to a shelter that had an amazing woman there that mm. spent five months caring for him. Uh, he's a year and a half old, and Kai has what's called megasophagus. And I don't know if you can see, he's actually in a chair. Uh, megasophagus means that his esophagus does not pull food downward like ours does. So he has to sit in his little high chair and eat so that gravity will take hold and hopefully it'll go straight into his stomach and that he doesn't regurgitate it back out. And then he has, 
he has to sit in the chair for about 20 minutes after he eats. Um, most megasophagus puppies, when they're diagnosed, unfortunately, it's not as well known as some of the other diseases. And a lot of vets don't have a lot of knowledge with it and they're euthanized. So he, like I said, had an angel at that shelter and she got him to us and he is spoiled rotten. And uh, he loves his chair because he thinks if he's in it, he's gonna eat. Yeah, and he's yeah. a beagle mix, so his world <laughs> revolves around eating. Right, Kai? And Jeannie, these special needs dogs, as well as the puppies that you have raised, if if they're able to find forever homes, uh, it's always so heartwarming to be the number of families that are very willing to soberly and very um, committedly sign up for taking care of special needs dogs, even terminal special needs dogs, the number of amazing families out there that say, yes, yes, I, we will do this and we will do it well. Are some of these, are the, the 40 soon to be 47 uh, dogs, are they uh, adoptable or some, some of them? Yes. Some of them no. or how does that work? Some of ours come to us as hospice and we quickly find out that if they're actually, they get the proper uh, medical attention, they can be turned around and given a few more years. And those we do adopt out. Um, we're pretty picky. Whoever adopts one of our kids has to give them more than we will give them. And we try really hard to give them everything, but we have found some amazing people that have our kids. And I'm actually still in touch with people that adopted our puppies back in the nineties. So that's, that's pretty awesome too. And uh, so dogs like Kai, there, some of them I would not adopt back out because he is a, he's a very long-term commitment. Yeah. He's not a cheap commitment because uh, what happens with these guys, if they regurgitate, they can aspirate and they end up with pneumonia. So it's, he's watched like a hawk and he's like having a toddler Yeah. and I'm way too old for toddlers, but yes. somehow it works. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, and, and he obviously needs someone. Literally, he is a dog that, that just can't be left alone. He, he is a 24 seven needs a, a caretaker. And it's beautiful that you're able to do that. When you think back on, on everything that you've done and continue to do Jeannie, what do you love most about the rescue work that you're doing? We try very hard to educate for spaying and neutering. Of course. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, we don't need job security. We need to go yeah. out of business. Uh, back in 2001, my husband and I actually purchased a 40 foot Greyhound bus and turned it into a mobile spay and neuter clinic mm. down in West Palm. Mm. And we were able to spay and neuter thousands of animals. Wow. And it today is still down in Florida working. So I'm proud of that. Yeah. Um, I think for me, I tell everybody that it's really a selfish job that I have. Um, 
because I'm with these guys 24 seven. And it is, it, it can be heartbreaking, but it is the best sitting back and watching them all interact. We have, we have nine horses, all rescue. We have a blind miniature Scottish Highlander steer that's 12 years old now. We have a pig named Shirley because we've always said we won't have a pig. So surely we don't have a pig. Um, <laughs> we have bottle raised sheep that were raised in the house. We have a goat, a very arthritic goat. Um, six kitties right now looking for a home, which is not normally what we do, but we couldn't say no, their owner passed. So we're helping yeah. with them. And um, I have a hard time saying no to any creature. So yeah, yeah. my husband, my husband's been with me for 47 years. So he's, he's pretty tolerant. <laughs> yeah. It sounds like you have a great husband in terms of support, which of course, I, I don't think it can be done as a team. I don't think it can be done without that support. So no. you have an amazing support system. I if do. people wanted to learn more, Jeannie, if people wanted to see the animals that you are working mm -hmm. with or donate or learn more, where would they go? Go to our website, which is puppiesunderprotection.com. And there's tabs. Whoop. He's gone. There's tabs uh, for all the different things that we do here. Um, we also run a, the pet crematory, um, which is kind of an odd business, but yeah, but um, also it's, it's a very it's, needed business. Yes. Yes. I was just going to say very necessary. I actually thought about putting in a crematory when I built my animal hospital because I didn't trust anyone else. So I get it. I get it. Yeah. Well, we had an incident, um, personally. So I, uh, yeah, we chose to do the business and it's not a fun business. It's, no, it's yeah. none of the above, but at the yeah. end of the day, I can go to bed and know that I've taken care of those pets the same way I would have cared for yes. my own. Yes. And when the people get their babies back, there's, they have a sense of peace because they knew, they know how I yes. love my animals. Yeah. Um, so that's another selfish side to the business world well, here. And, I, and, and I, actually, I, I get to feel good service. helping. Yes. Yeah. And what an amazing, like the crematory services are something that I don't think a lot of people think about until yeah. you either had a heinous experience uh, I also had a heinous experience as a veterinarian. Um, and I ended up contracting with a human funeral home and just using their entire facilities because I only trusted them. But it's so beautiful that you are providing uh, after death services for the people in your community because it's a really important piece of of feeling trust in knowing where, what, what's happening at that point. So that's a, that's an important thing. So you literally are doing a little bit of everything. <laughs> yeah. I, I, uh, they used to laugh at me as far as how many jobs I've had, because I tend to get into a few too many things. I build furniture and, and I make little, uh, wooden figurines. I guess I should have had some, but yeah, I forgot. 
Um, they're on the website. That's great. And I, I get bored if I'm not doing too many things at once. So, um, having 70 to 80 animals and lots of different business ventures. We also, um, we just started this winter, uh, program called helping our hounds and it's a local a local business because it we're in the mountains we do get some snow we do get some cold uh, a lot of animals are unfortunately housed outside um, mm. and many of them don't have shelter so we had an amazing response um, we got brand new dog houses, used dog houses, everything we could gather, um, donated straw, and we delivered to as many homes as we could. So that's, for next year, we'll be better prepared, but this year was our, was our groundbreaking, and we have 300 members so far, so, um, a beautiful we'll be real program next year. Gosh. Yeah. And so needed another beautiful program. So it feels to me like in essence, you are able to identify needs in whatever community you're in, and then you create programs to fill them, which is, I think exactly what we are called to do as stewards of the earth. You're, you're doing it. So you have amassed a tremendous amount of experience and you have made a tremendous impact on the communities you've been in. If you could let the world know one thing, Jeannie, what would it be? The the most important would be please spay and neuter your animals and stop the unnecessary euthanizing of healthy, happy, loving creatures that have done nothing wrong other than to be born in a world where there's not enough room. They, for every puppy that you, or kitten that you allow to be born, this sounds horrible, but I tell that person, if you just had eight puppies, you need to go to your local shelter and pick out which eight dogs are not going to make it out of there because that's exactly what's happening. And people don't want to hear that. They don't want the truth. That is the truth. I've worked for over 40 years in rescue and I have seen behind the scenes and it's not, it's not good. And those, those are visuals I'll never get out of my head and it'll keep me going till the day I die. Mm -hmm. I'm, if, if there's a God, then uh, I'm pretty sure I know what he put me here for. And I, yeah. as many times as I've tried to get out, he says, Mm-mm. <laughs> and he yeah. throws something else at me. So I, I'm comfortable with my life. I love my life. And um, the animals are, are it. We are so thankful that Linda nominated you for a Game Changer Award. We are thankful that you have made it your life's mission to care for the animals in front of you and also identify the needs in your community that allow you to literally be a savior to the animals around you. So we are so thankful for all that you are doing and congratulations again on your Game Changer Award. Thank you so much. This is this is very special. I'm, uh, I got blindsided by this one. So good. 
Thank you. And it was wonderful meeting you.